Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, if you haven't seen the first one yet, my name is Haley Simmons, and my podcast is named The Challenge to Make a Difference. You should go watch the first episode so you can get caught up on what I was talking about, but I'll just give you the gist right now. I was talking about how influential social media can be and some of the things that is going on on social media right now, and I also talked about what the 8th grade students of MDIS had as their unit project for this unit. Okay, so today, guys, I thought I would do something a little different and go to the site encyclopedia.ushmm.org slash landings slash en slash id dash cards. So I decided to go here because it has um, a bunch of id cards from the people that lost their lives during the Holocaust. So the reason why I'm doing this on my podcast now is because it, it sh- it's giving information and giving justice to the people that lost their lives. And that's basically what social media is doing. But it's also, it's also very informational. And um, just go on there sometime and you can read. You can read out of all 600 ID cards that they have. So today I will be starting off with Maria Scheinmack Dicker. Maria was born in 1878 in Rosenberg, Czechoslovakia. Maria's Jewish family lived in Slovakian manufacturing town. When her father's match factory failed, the family of seven moved to Budapest. In her early 20s, Maria opened a flower shop, but she gave it up when she married and moved to Upjest outside of Budapest. Maria then stayed at home to raise her five children. Her husband owned a large furniture store and she often gave him business advice. 1933 to 1939. Maria loves having all her grown children gather around her at the dinner table, enjoying her specially prepared goose and chatting among themselves. It's always special when her youngest daughter, Kato, who lives 40 miles away in her husband's town, manages to come home to visit. But Maria is worried. Kato has told her that night hooligans sometimes chant antismatic slogans at their house and bang on their windows. If only she returned to Ubest. From 1940 to 1944, Maria's husband died four years ago, a few weeks after the Germans invaded Hungary, and she was ordered to relocate to a special house for Jews that was marked with the Star of David. Now she's decided to flee and go into hiding. She comes to see her Kato one last time here in... Rakas Belota, where she's also been forced into a marked house. An air raid siren has sounded and they've taken refuge in a cellar. Someone has spotted Maria as a stranger and insists she leaves immediately. She can't bear to say goodbye to her dear Kato. Maria was arrested while trying to return to her old house to pick up some belongings. She was shot during a forced evacuation from the prison where she was being held. After reading what happened to Maria, it just makes me so mad 
that people used to do this just because of their culture and their religion. Because the way she died, she didn't deserve to die. She was just grabbing some of her stuff from her old house. And then she ended up being held hostage and shot to death. It's just really terrible what used to happen back then. The second ID card I will be reading is of Isidore Frankiel. Isidore was born in 1898 in Gabin, Poland. Isidore and his wife Sophia have seven sons. Frankels, a religious Jewish family, lived in a one-room apartment in a town near Warsaw called Gabin. Like most Jewish families in Gabin, they lived in the town center near the synagogue. Isabel was a self-employed cap maker selling his caps to the town's weekly market. He also fashioned caps for the police and military. Depression, but although business was poor, he was able to provide for his family. Shortly after the Germans invaded Poland on September 1st, 1939, they occupied Gabin. Ten people were shot in the streets. Others, such as doctors and teachers, were taken away. The Germans rounded up Jewish men and held them in the marketplace while soldiers doused synagogue with gasoline and set it on fire from 1940 to 1942. In 1941, the Frankels heard rumors that the Germans were evacuating some towns and deporting the Jews to the death camp. A cousin visited the family after escaping from a transport and said the rumors are true. They put you in trucks, gas you, then throw your bodies into a burning pit, he said. Isidore's three-year-old son ran to his mother crying. Will they burn me too? Isidore urged his cousin to tell the Jewish elders. He met with them, but they did not believe his story and told him to leave town. In May 1942, Gavin's Jews were deported to the Kelmono Killing Center. Isidore, Sophia, and four of their sons were placed in a sealed van and asphyxiated with exhaust fumes. It's just terrible to hear about what the kind of stress that his family went through and him having to deal with all of his children and just watching his children slowly die in the van must have been so upsetting to him. And also, um, for his cousin, for him to know that it's true, but um, people aren't believing him. It must feel like like your heart just sank to the bottom of the floor or you have like tons of butterflies in your stomach because you're trying to save people and they won't listen and you feel like, like it's your fault that it's happening and that everyone's dying. Well, thank you everyone for staying tuned I guess and listening to what I have to say and what I'm saying but there will be more so just wait and I'll see you later bye